Friends, this morning um, we are starting a series over Advent with a theme that we want us to live fully into, that I think signifies us as a people, uh, that marks us differently, is that we have a God who is with us, that is with you. And I wonder in this feeling and in our accepting of this knowledge in our head and how we live it out, I wonder how we really believe God is with us. Because I wonder, maybe with you and with me, that you think God is with you when you find that premium parking spot at the front of Target uh, during Christmas Eve because you forgot to go shopping and you uh, just show up and God has blessed you because you get that premier parking spot. Or maybe it's for you, maybe some of the moms in the room, that time that your child slept through the night the first time, you're like, oh, the Lord has shown his favor upon me. Or maybe it's something like you get that job that you've always wanted. You get that grade that you never deserved because you didn't study for it, right? God has shown favor on me. Uh, but I wonder, like, maybe you're saying, like, God, this is when we think God is really with us, that he is showing his favor on us, when we kind of put together this combination of God's blessing on us to equate his favor upon us. And, but this morning, I wonder, like, if we would say that God is with us in the seasons where we feel everything is falling apart. Maybe sometimes Thanksgiving hits and you feel like this is not a time where everything stays stable, everything starts to fall apart. Or to say that, man, God is with us when all my friends can't be found, right? Or when we lose our jobs. Or when someone that we love has passed away. That God is with us in the midst of these moments. Maybe I feel that God is with you, God is with me, even when I feel like I'm failing as a parent. Man, what do we do when we reorient ourselves to say that God's with us, not only in those things that we feel and know, like, oh man, God maybe is showing his favor in these places, but also God is with you in these places and spaces where you feel like it could be farther from the truth. And this morning, and we want to talk about with God with us, we want to reorient us as disciples to understand what this means that God is with us when we center ourselves around the hope of Jesus Christ coming in the form, in human form, as a baby, so that God could be with us. To remind us, as we talk this morning, that we get to enjoy God on the mountaintops. We enjoy God on the mountaintops but we get to know him in the valleys, intimately. That the truth is, is that God is with you on the mountaintops. You can see it, you can clearly know it, but you know him intimately in the valleys. So I want to join us um, in the same text this morning. So we're going to turn to Psalm 84. If you have your Bible in front of you, I'd love for you to pull it open, whether it's digital or in print. Um, to read it with us. We'll start in verse 5 and go to verse 7. Um, otherwise, you can see it on the screen beside me. It says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we are asking for you to show up 
that we do believe in the truth that you are God with us. That every year we come to Christmas, we celebrate your presence among us. That you didn't stand aside, but you came close. That you wanted to be near. But God, I understand that from a lot of us, some of us in particular, that we have been in seasons where we don't believe that you are with us. Because sometimes we can't feel it. And even if we know it, we don't even believe it. So Holy Spirit, I would come and ask you to come and honor us where we're at. But prompt you and encourage you to not let us stay where we are. God, you have something for us today. Holy Spirit, you have something to speak clearly to us. So whether we're in the valley or on the mountaintop or anywhere in between, God, I pray that your word would rest firmly in our head, in our heart, and that would transform the way we live. We ask this in your name. Amen. Church, if God is going to be with us, if God in the season of hope are going to be with us, the hope that I want you to live fully into it, that it starts with in our, in our passage this morning, that it says that our strength is in you. So blessed are those, it starts with that, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are those that are dependent, not independent. And I know that like often we're kind of brutting up against this cultural independence that you can do anything you put your mind to. But as followers of Jesus, we move a different way. We live a different way of not people that understand that how we move through life is independent, but dependent. That we are not God, we're not independent of God, but we are dependent on him. And it says that, it starts with us, that blessed, blessed, blessed are those whose strength is in you. In you, God. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And so you might be thinking that this is true, right? That as disciples of Jesus, that when our strength is not found in our own abilities, but in you, and I think this is good news. Because if it said, blessed are those who do it themselves— that I would know that the strength that is me is all that I have to give in the valley. Like that would mean that as strength, as far as it depended on me, that as much as I, as far as I could run or as much as I could bench press, that is as far as you. The good news is that I don't have to run far and I don't have to bench press much. That is good news because I don't want to go to the gym after this today. Like, that's good news for you to say, for some of you, like, yes. To say that strength depends on getting through the valley depends on how strong and how much endurance you have. Because that's the truth, the difference between followers of Jesus and those that don't know Jesus. That for those that aren't followers of Jesus, to get through the valley, that everything that they have, their makeup, their strength, their endurance, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, what they have is what they got. It's all up to them. And that when it comes to the end of your mental fortitude, your emotional fortitude, your physical fortitude, at the end of that, in the valley, it ends there. The good news is the disciples of Jesus, that that is the beginning of our time in the valley. Because blessed is those whose strength wanes and that it is found in you. That Jesus says, that God says that 
in our weakness, his power is made perfect. That when our strength wanes, that his power is made perfect. So followers of Jesus, that we come to say, God who is with us, that our power isn't found in you, that the power of God isn't just put upon you for you to bank in your bank account of life, to pull it out whenever you need. That you know that the power that you need and the strength that you need to get through the valley to find hope is not found in you, but found in a person named Jesus. The hope of the world the strength when it takes to live in the valley, to know him intimately, doesn't reside in you. It resides in and through God. And when your strength fails, when you're in the midst of the valley, often the thing that we hear the most that when we're in the valley, when our strength has failed, and we're saying, Jesus, we come to Jesus, all of our strength has failed. We can only go this far in the valley. God, we need you. And one of the first things we say, often when we are in the seasons of life, is to say, God, if you will just get me out of this valley, I will praise your name. That if you get me out of this valley, I will praise your name. If you will get me the strength to put it in my body so that I can get back up and I can get myself through it, then I will praise your name. If you know him, if, if we know him intimately in the valley, if the purpose in the valley is to know him intimately, we're just saying in and out of the valley, in and out of the valley, I want it to be God with me. And I want me to be with God. Here's the thing. The valley, it has a purpose. And that purpose is to say, I can't do this valley alone. That it doesn't rely, it doesn't require me to live in it through it. To say, as a follower of Jesus, I come to you, God. I am with you. God, will you be with me? That our desire as disciples of Jesus is not to get out of the valley. Because here's the point. If, the, if there is purpose in the valley, to pray your prayer says, God, just get me out of the valley, is to short-circuit your growth and your relationship with Jesus. How many times have we been in the midst of valleys and said, God, if you would just get me out of it, if you would find a staircase, a magic carpet up the mountain where I could just ride it out, that would be the best answer to my prayer. But it says this. What you think about matters. What you think about in the, your mindset in the valley matters. And I love the way that it says it um, in the New Living Translation. In, in verse 5, the second, half, the second half of it says this. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. What you think about matters. When you come to the end of the strength of your own strength, and you say, like, I can't do this anymore, and your first thing, often in us, in our own weakness, which is fine, it's fully okay to say, God, I am weak, and my first desire is to be out of this valley. Human. Incredibly human. God isn't saying you're sin. But as disciples of Jesus, who are deciding to know him intimately in the valley, is we reorient ourselves to say, our prayer is, yes, God, I want to be out of this valley, but 
If you have a purpose for this valley, I want to be with you. I don't want to just get out of the valley. I want you. How we reorient God with us is not to say, like, as Israel is saying, I just want a way. Israel just wants a way to be in a right relationship with Jesus that doesn't require them to live into this valley. But as followers of Jesus, we say, I want you. I just don't want the result of what you can bring me. As disciples of Jesus, we want Jesus, not the result of what he can bring us by being in a relationship with him. What you think about matters. That when you come to the end of yourself and you begin to rely on the strength of your Lord, you look in scriptures and you said time and time again that when God shows up, the people respond who intimately know him, saying, like Moses did in, in, in Genesis, at the end of Genesis, when he's saying, God, if you don't go with us, if you don't go with us and travel with us, I'm not moving. But God, if you go, I can't stay here. That the desire of, of Moses' Moses's heart, even though he's like, be the, the timid leader, right, to say, I don't want to go. But if your presence isn't here, I'm not staying. That wherever, wherever you are, God, I want to be. Wherever you are, God, I want to be. And it's our desires, Jesus, is to say our minds and what we think about matters. Instead of the object of getting out of the valley, that in the midst of the valley, we desire to be with God. There is a purpose in the valley. There is purpose in the valley. And the purpose is to intimately know Jesus. But I want to say this very clearly. There is purpose in the valley, but it's not your purpose. The valley is not your purpose. It is not your lot in life. It is not the, the due upon the receipt of how you have lived. The valley is not your destination. It is a place you pass through. Hear that. Because some of you may be or have felt like that, that the season of the valley was so long for you that it felt like because of maybe what you've done or what you've left undone, that you're like, this is my lot in life, that I am just a person who God wants to see in the valley, to struggle, to suffer. But I want to hear, hear me now. The valley, the place that you're in your suffering is not your purpose. It has a purpose, but it is not your purpose. It is the place to which you know intimately who God is and you pass through. Like even right, the Psalm 23, say it with me, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For God, you are with me. Even though I walk through, David is saying, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because why? Because God is with me. Through and with. Not your purpose, not your destination. Not a way that God just wants to smite you because you haven't done enough right. God is with you in the valley. It is not your destination. It's not the purpose. The valley is the way through, not the reason to get out. But there's one thing that the valley needs to teach us that we need to settle in. 
is that while there is purpose in the valley, there is work that you need to get done. This is what I think is one of the, the things that we talk about God with us. When we come and have a God who is with us in the midst of the valley, who gives us the opportunity to know him intimately in the valley, God says this in our text. The psalm says this in our text. He goes, that we need in the valley to dig the well. You have to dig the well and watch God do his work. I want to go back to the text so you can see it again. And this is the way it says it in the King James Version. Or this one says in the NIV, and I'll share you with the King James. He goes, as I pass through the valley of Baca, and valley of Baca was a, just a place, a dry place, a deserted place where this tree that would grow in the valley of Baca that was found in it was called like the tree of tears. Very, very dry, sappy. It didn't need a lot of water. It was a dark, dark valley. The existence of not a lot of life. And it says, in that place, make it a well. Make it a place of springs. Make it a well is the way that the, the King James Version says it. Make it a well. Make it a place of springs. Back in 2009, I've talked about this a lot. 2009 was a season, the start of a valley in my life. 2009 in November was when my father passed away. And that was a deep, deep valley. And it should have been a mountaintop experience. I had just gotten married. I was in the midst of seminary, getting towards the end of it, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, being able to go and to fulfill what God has called my life years before. My dad passed away. In all of the moments, I sat in this valley, and I said to God, I'm so frustrated. I'm so mad at you. I'm grieving because you have taken so much from me. And the possibility of what could be has been erased. And now I sit and I wallow. And I sat there for a long time. I sat there and I grieved and I was frustrated. And every time, every year that came by as an anniversary, I sat again in the valley and I said, God, would you just get me out? But then I had friends, mentors, pastors who said, get up. Get up, this is, you're gonna be in the valley. And they said this verse, start digging a well. Do the work in the valley. And as I started to do the work, you might be like, what is the work? The work for me, man, I started talking to my mentors and pastors. I prayed even though I did not want to pray. I read and spent time and devotion to God's word even though I did not want to. I went to therapy. I started therapy because I really needed some professional help to walk me through this. And can I say this very clear right now for you who are maybe thinking about like that's kind of a trigger for you? You can love Jesus and have a therapist. You can love Jesus and you can have a therapist. Because God has gifted men and women to walk through brothers and sisters in Christ through the valleys. And the reason why I say that, because whether I'm talking to friends, to my wife, to uh, pastors and mentors, everything that I'm doing from that moment is filtering through Jesus. Filtering through Jesus. I began to do the work, even though I did not feel like it in the valley. I just wanted to get out of the valley. I started to do the work. I started to dig the well. The well that would be built up so that when the rains came, that it would fill up the well and nourish my dry and weary soul. 
the reason so many of us in the valley feel like we don't want to go back to the valley because we believe that there's nothing but death and malnourishment in it because we don't do the work. God says, show me your faith and I will show you my faithfulness. Do the faith before your eyes make sight to the blessings and to the faithfulness. Do the work. Dig the well. Build the well. Do the work and, I will sh- and you will show me your faith and I will show you my faithfulness. Even when you don't feel like it. Pray. Be with God. Be with mentors. Be with friends. God is with you in the valley. This is the point. It's like, you're not by yourself. That God is with you, yes. But we and who are followers of Jesus not only like to look, to talk, and think like Jesus, but to act like Jesus. So if God is with us, that we as brothers and sisters in Christ, the way we're marked differently is that we also too are with one another in the valley. Maybe some of us need to go off the mountaintops into the valley, even though you like the mountaintop. Because Jesus, man, really loved heaven. But he humbled himself and came to the earth as a human being. That is hope. And hope came when you're doing the work. And even though, like, that's the thing about faith, is you do the work without knowing when the faithfulness comes. You have faith before you know the faithfulness comes. That he says, dig the well, and I will make it a spring in the valley. And that spring in the valley came four years after that. My father died on November 15th, 2009, and four years later, on November 14th, 2013, our first daughter, Ellie, was born. And my dad wasn't raised to life. My faith in God, the faithfulness didn't come in a reunification of my father back to life, but it came in the form of new life of my daughter. And the only reason I knew that this wasn't just a blessing that I had deserved, but it was God's faithfulness to the work that I was doing in faith, is that when he poured out and drenched that valley in rain, it filled up my well and I caught the faithfulness. Sometimes we don't catch God's faithfulness because we haven't dug the well to catch the faithfulness. That sometimes you see that God has been faithful, but you don't catch it because you haven't done the work. I recognize fully in that moment on November 14th, 2013, at 10 something in the evening. Everybody's delirious at that moment. I know it's somewhere around 10. That that wasn't because I had faith. Because God has been faithful. He had Romans 8, 28 God works for the good of those who love him for his glory. That, that he took it from a valley into a redemption of the valley. From a very dry place to a place that came with joy. And it was joy and it continues to be joy because we've done the work to build the well to catch God's faithfulness. Church, the good news is that God always, always has purpose for the valley. He always is creating a place where you can intimately know him. And how we intimately know him is by having faith and digging the well. 
You might be saying, I've had seasons of the valley in my life, but I haven't grown in those places to intimately know him. Because I'm asking you the question, the word is asking the question, God is asking those questions, the Holy Spirit is asking the question, have you done the work? Have you dug the well to catch God's faithfulness? Have you had faith before the faithfulness comes? If I had sat in the valley and boo-hooed and said, God, this is not fair. This is not right. Why, my dad? And then Ellie comes. I haven't done the work that I just said, you know what? I deserve this good kid. I deserve this joy. Instead of saying, I'm full. You have been faithful. So whether you're in the valley right now or not, hear me, every one of you will be back in the valley. Because on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, to be with God goes through the valley. Whether you're in the valley now or you will be later sometime in life, my encouragement is to you is this. As disciples of Jesus, do the work. Build the well. Show that you have faith even when you don't want to. When all of your friends have left you, when you feel all alone, when you feel like nothing is going right, do the work. Be with God. Pray. Communicate with him. Get out of, of the way of anybody else. Push all distractions aside and go and be with God. Be in his word. Talk with friends who will speak the word of truth to you in the midst of the valley. Do the work. Because in that moment, the work that you do, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, 10 months, 10 days, whatever the valley is, do the work. Build the well so that you will understand to catch the faithfulness that God is ready to part your weary soul with. Sometimes in the midst of the valley, God is pouring down his rain, trickling it sometimes, and sometimes he's drenching it. And the reason we don't feel nourished is because we don't catch it. Because we haven't built anything to catch the well. This is your faith. Your faith is, I trust you, God, and I'm going to do the work, and I'm going to live like you, even though it doesn't feel like you're there. This is the hope of the world. This is the hope that in this season, when everybody's watching, to say, I understand, and I see that you are in the valley. How come you are in the valley different than I am? How come you, in the midst of this season, have hope that I don't have hope about? How come you are doing things that make no sense, that you're still talking to this God, you're still spending time with this God who has maybe caused you or they think has caused you to be in the valley? Because I have hope. I'm not alone. God is with me. And my brothers and sisters in faith, they are with me too. They are walking beside me and they are encouraging me to build the well which will catch God's faithfulness. And that when I get out of the valley, the story that I will tell The story that you tell out of the valley is the wealth that you built that catches the faithfulness of God. The story I tell is when I look at my daughter, is she is the visible hope of my invisible God who says, I will work for the good of my people so that they have a story to tell. This is the hope of the world. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray for us right now. I pray for us who were in the midst of the valley. I pray that we will be people that sit with one another in the valley.
God, I pray that if anything that we get this morning, as we find the hope that you are with us, that we are not alone, that you never forsake us, that you are with us. But God, I know that some of us Some of us are in a place where we feel like we're in the valley, or we are in the valley, or we feel like the valley is coming. Because we've been in a season of goodness too long. For those, I pray, that feel the imminence of the valley coming, God, I pray that we would walk faithfully into it, not around it. That you would remind them that, God, you are present with them in this time and you are going to be present with them in the valley. And that one day, one day when we're all out of the valley, we walk to the city of God. We see the king sit on the throne and we will finally rest together with you as you have always been with us. We will finally be with you. God, I pray for those maybe here in this room that have been doing this Jesus thing but not knowing Jesus. God, I pray that they will come to you today and say, I want you, not what you can do for me. So God, I lay down my life today, my plans, my expectations, my own hopes for what you can do for me, and I just want you. Maybe for some of us, we haven't said that. Maybe we haven't fully surrendered ourselves that Jesus might not only be Savior, but he might be Lord. And we say, God, I want you to be my Savior. We also say, God, I want you to be my Lord. Because I want you with me now and every day. And I want to rest with you in your kingdom in your city. I don't want to be anywhere where you're not. So God, come. Rest on us that you are with us. We ask this in your name. Amen.